When we share someone's story here on The Diaries, the episode might end, but their story doesn't. So many of the people we've talked to, they've gone on to do incredible things. They have epic adventures and make significant impacts in our community. Over on Diaries Plus, we're catching up with some of our former guests to see what they've been up to. I recently sat down with Connor Ryan, a Lakota professional skier from our Sacred Slopes episode, who's been knocking out groundbreaking projects ever since the episode aired. It's really incredible. We had a great discussion about the impacts he's made, what keeps his fire burning, and taking ski lessons as a pro skier. Here's a snippet of the conversation. All the source of joy that I use to fill my cup to be out in the world doing positive things comes from my relationship to the outdoors. And so I really focused on like, wow, like there's so much power if I can give one person the relationship to the outdoors that that I have through skiing. And maybe that will have as profound of an effect on them as it's had on me. To listen to the full episode, use the link in the show notes to subscribe to Diaries Plus today. Yeah, you get more shows, but you also have a peace of mind of powering what's out there right now, keeping us moving forward, keeping this community together. So thank you for everyone who supported and everyone who's going to support. We appreciate it. I'm the kind of dirtbag biologist that's mud smeared and sweaty after a long day conducting field research, canoeing lakes, or stumbling through bumpy wetlands and rocky streams. At day's end, my car traces the path of the St. Louis River near where I work until it meets Lake Superior in the small city where I live. My car joins all the others at the elementary school to pick up our kids and the other moms get out in suit coats and slacks. I get out and slump along in my wrinkled cargo pants with my hair askew. I'm the disheveled mom, the one who felt the pull to move north, the one who answered the call to go up onto an asker for the solace it offered. When I was in high school near Minneapolis, told my friends that when I grew up, I would move north to the shores of Lake Superior and live with a husband who wore champion sweatshirts, <laughs> that being my main turn-on at the time, and our black lab. Swap the black lab for a collie and the champion sweatshirts for Patagonia fleeces, and that's pretty much what I got. For 15 years, my work was focused on water quality on an Ojibwe reservation, 30 miles from the head of Lake Superior. We protected and conserved wild rice. It has been harvested by native people for centuries, and its health is tied to the spiritual and physical well-being of the Ojibwe people. My role as a staff biologist exposed me daily to wild rice lakes smattered with white swans, bogs speckled red with cranberries, and shady cedar glens frequented by black-masked wood frogs. I moved through a world where natural resources were also cultural resources. And I like to say that a good day was any day where I was surrounded by forest in all directions. When my coworkers went to the staff room for our hour-long lunch break, 
I took my chance to shoehorn a run or cross-country ski workout into my day. I left enough time to wash up and scarf a sandwich in the work truck on the way to our afternoon field sites in the summer or in the winter to prepare for an afternoon conference call. For my lunchtime workouts, I found a wooded esker near my office with a loop of trails. During the 15 years I worked for the reservation, I went there nearly every week. What is an esker? It's a dollop of lovely topography left by glaciers. A canted knife edge rising from the northern lakes and forests of my home. The esker I loved is part of Pine Valley Park. It's dense with the tall white pines that give it its name. They were the first trees to regrow after the most devastating fire in Minnesota history ravaged the area in 1918, and it's steep enough to sport an operational ski jump. I used the Esker's back to gauge my cross-country ski fitness. Could I slog up over the top and keep going? Or did I have to stop at the crest, lean on my poles, and heave in burning mouthfuls of cold air? In the summer, how many sprint intervals could I do up its sides before rewarding myself with a giddy gallop down the curved mountain bike trail, swooping around its tilted switchbacks? My joy in movement lifted me up to where the crows called in the treetops and the aspen leaves sparkled in streams of wind. Lots of people choose western mountains, but Midwesterners like me, we love our eskers. Witness my delight in turning my cross-country skis down an esker-side hairpin bend. I didn't need my esker for fitness as much as I needed it for refuge and release. I was about to be tested to my bones. If I drew a map of the emotions that unfurled behind me as I skied, ran, or walked on my esker, the trails would be smeared with thick lines of sorrow and marked by bright pinpoints of elation. On my esker, rambling in a black coat under the pines, I first spent years longing for children that my husband and I had trouble conceiving. But I also stopped along the trails to chuckle with glee while picking blackberries, warm and nobbled in the sun, or to marvel at the purple leaves of the dogwoods in the fall, or to squint in disbelief at the flagrant sparkles that new snow could make. When I finally became a mother twice over, my youngest child was diagnosed at his birth in 2012 with a devastating life-threatening heart and lung condition. It would eventually lead to multiple heart surgeries and many hospital stays. I took my own shattered heart and shambling steps up the side of my esker, my mind full of the doctor's prognosis. It was my only escape in those crowded days. There's a phenomenon on Lake Superior called the Three Sisters, the sharp-peaked, close-together set of waves that send ships rocketing to the bottom of the deep lake. The Three Sisters rose up in my own life. I could take one wave, be buffeted by it, and still stay upright. Or two, 
but the waves kept coming during those hard years. My beloved grandmother, who was a second mother to me, she died. My marriage struggled, and my husband and I came to the brink of financial collapse. And at age 10, my son lost his sense of balance, and his heart took a turn for the worse. All at once, I was in danger of losing my house, my marriage, and even my child. The mind unleashes the torment of what if when faced with potential terrible outcomes. How was I to maintain an even temper for my kids, muster composure for my work, tamp down my fear, and survive my days? There was therapy, sure, and my friends and family to bolster me, but I needed a lone space where I could access the irrepressible me. So I went to Pine Valley, where my body, scrambling among rocks and roots, could show it was strong enough. The past five years especially held days when I could hardly breathe, like when my son faced his second heart surgery or when my husband lost his job. The only place my lungs expanded was under the green canopy of silent standing trees. At the secret top of the Esker's knife edge, where no one else went, I could walk on a level with the canopy of the maples, aspens, and pines that clung to the Esker's sharp sides. The treetops pressed close to tell me of their vaulted life on an ancient glacial remnant of long survival, of the high winds that passed through their branches and out across the black spruce box far below me. I lifted the lid on my depthless sorrow in a place wide enough to encompass it, and I survived. Bravery and grit and amazing medical care, my son survived and regained his balance. With hard work and help, our finances recovered. And with honesty and reconnection, my marriage healed. By spring 2022, the sharp peaks of the waves that had buffeted me had dulled. And I changed. After 15 years, I knew it was time to leave my esker. The impulse to move on had been growing in me, but it crystallized into certainty when I went up on my esker. I stood on the esker's side, looking out over the spare springtime tree branches and brown understory, and I knew. When I thought with excitement about quitting my job and starting something new, the only thing that gave me pause was parting with my esker and who I was in those times of solitude and release. I found new work even further north. Since my family and I live in a town between my old job and my new one, we didn't have to move. Instead of pointing my car alongside the St. Louis River each day, I now trace my way northeast along the Lake Superior coast. My new job is in the woods, rivers, and lakes of a county that encompasses both the rocky shores of Lake Superior and the Boundary Waters Canoe Area Wilderness. I'm still out doing field work, assessing river erosion and the damage wreaked by Lake Superior's wrath. 
I'm working with landowners who want to plant flowers for pollinators or prepare their forests for climate change. It's the right work for me, but for a while, I felt bereft without my esker. Then one day, while out for my usual lunchtime run, I explored a gravel road and found a trailhead that's not marked on any online map, but known mainly to the locals. And there I was again, running through these new woods, standing at the top of a tall escarpment all alone and overlooking a rocky northern stream, but this time with an easeful heart. And I realized that maybe leaving my esker was a good thing. I had painted those trails with such sorrow during the hardest years of my life. It was good to be somewhere fresh. I don't know what kinds of experiences I'll release into these new woods, but I can't wait to find out. I'm Kari Hedin, and this is my short. Thank you, Kari, for sharing your story. Our stories come from friends, from friends of friends, and from you, our community. If you have a compelling idea for a guest or a story lead, please give us a shout. You can use the submission form on our website, dirtbagdiaries.com. Music today from Dear Nora, Alabasi, Jason Tyler Burton, John Barry, and Brendan O'Connell. The tracks are courtesy of the artists or track club. Jacob Bain and Nice Koto composed our theme song. You can find the links to the artists at our website, dirtbagdiaries.com. This episode was produced by Lauren Delaney Miller with additional production help from Becca Call and Ashley Langholz. Artwork by Walker Call. Becca Call is our executive producer. I'm Fitz Call. You've been listening to the Dirtbag Diaries. Thanks for tuning in.